0: luna mamma mia mamma Set the upon the sea Welcome everybody to Hollywood Godfather podcast. And it's just me and Pat again, that's how we started. Maybe I'm here. Still on her vacation, lucky her. I forgot about these kids, they need vacations. Imagine that, I don't need two and a half years, need- she needs a vacation. What's that about? I don't need a vacation. I
1: can't remember the last time I had a vacation. <laughs> I was in the hospital for surgery two years ago. That's,
0: that's, that's funny.
1: <laughs> I got my ass for three days. That was it.
0: Well, today we have really an interesting show because as you know, because we all saw it on the news, Anthony Scotto died this week. And to the people out there that don't know my relationship with this family, I mean, it's so convoluted. And it's part of tonight's topic, even with the assassination of. Robert F. Kennedy. Anthony Scato, just for our listeners who don't know, you may have seen him on the Today Show on NBC numerous times with his wife Marion and his daughter, who also happens to be a a TV celebrity, Roseanne, and uh, the whole family. They own a restaurant called Fresco by Scato's in New York, which is the place to be and be seen. And he passed from COVID, unfortunately.
1: And and we, that, had our,
0: uh, we had our, I'm sorry, had our book party at that restaurant. Yeah, thanks to the Soloways who hosted us, Donna and Richard Soloway we were still in your debt for that. It was a great night, great celebrities and and uh, dignitaries surrounded the table, but he passed this week, and it was so ironic because as you and I were talking about, all the phone calls we've been getting on Sirhan Sirhan and Robert F Kennedy, I mean we have about so much to talk about tonight. And and the fact that even that his father-in-law was Tony Anastasia who was the head of the International Longshoremen's Union from the East down to New Orleans, Carlo Marcello, who was from New Orleans to the West Coast and they were very influential in getting the brotherhood of the International Longshoremen's to vote John F. Kennedy in as president and got nothing for that. And then he appoints his brother, which we're gonna get into, Robert F. Kennedy, and he has Carlos deported to Guatemala. (laughs) So this is gonna be an interesting show, but first I wanna pay our respects, Pat and I, to the scholars who hosted our book party two and a half years ago, and our condolences go to the whole family Marion and. Roseanne, and, and I and i know they listen to our podcast, which is so great. And this show actually be, well, you're gonna know, it'll be out September 14th. So fortunately, it's very timely to play our condolences. And- that was an I wasn't
1: aware Gianni that he passed away from COVID. No, I know.
0: But you know, the funniest thing is, there's so many of my friends that are getting it that are older, but these old timers, I hate to say it, are not getting the vaccine. I don't need it. You know, they're tough guys. Well, I got yeah, well, a lot of
1: guys. that got it. Major guys. I know a lot of tough guys, of tough guys too, that didn't get it. Uh, they're no longer with us. I got yeah. a quote for my friends who refused to get it. Yep. They did.
0: Which to me, you know, I, as, as you know, Pat Ben and anybody from writing the book with me, this is my second pandemic. I was part of the experiment to the polio vaccine and it's amazing to me how people t- now—not that they gave them an opinion—I mean, all their kids and all of us had polio shots, uh, malaria, you name it. We have always had all these kid shots that you had to have before you go to school. Now they're protesting even getting this for their kids to go
1: to school. But so. you know what it is too. Back in the in the fifties, uh, you know, I mean, I was very very young. I think I was about eight years old when I got the polio vaccine, right. but you showed up at school and there was a guy there with a syringe i mean you know you didn't yeah you You didn't
0: know you you didn't have any good permission so
1: they told me to roll up my sleeve and that was it and Uh, the entire country was vaccinated within a month i know nobody bitched nobody complained and everybody lived (laughs) i think they did and the polio no longer exists because of that vaccine i know and
0: now i'm hearing they're talking about it more and more about you know, that it wasn't voluntary, everybody had to have it, and nobody really appealed it. Now we've given them too much. It's got to be a touch of political football, it's crazy. The internet. Uh, Oh, tell me. Crazy friggin' theater. Everybody's too knowledgeable now. I guess. Well, again, we want to both Pat and I, and I'm sure Megan, there's to pay our respects to the Scotto family. Yeah, good man. We wish you well and we're going to be talking about the whole family because I met Anthony Scouto before he was even his son-in-law, and he was starting to go up to the ranks in the International Longshoremen. And what most people don't realize also, Tony Anastasia was the head of the International Longshoremen's Union but also was a, a full-book member, paid-up dues, of the gambino family <laughs> I, understand, I understand Gianni, that he had a, a rather infamous brother tell us about that oh yeah well that is very interesting because again a coincidence how all well this we get into wound. his brother was albert anastasia who created murder incorporated who i had the privilege of portraying in a movie called lepke starring tony curtis i mean when I started doing my research, I was saying, wait a minute, I'm, I'm interwoven this whole thing tonight in so many ways, and you know, I, I obviously, and I, our audience don't know this, in 19, oh, when was it, 67, Tony Anastasia stood up for me for my Holy Communion at Lady of Mont Church in Brooklyn. So he's actually my godfather in religious life. And no you, know,
1: say, you know you you watch tv and you see these uh uh cops and detectives and they always say i don't believe in coincidence what kind of bullshit is that i mean you, that coincidence is part of life oh you yeah know, i mean talking about everything that uh that uh, relates to you regarding one person that unfortunately yeah. it's, it's thank god well thank god I you know i've been
0: as you know from writing the book it's and thank God, the book we're talking about, for you who don't know who've been living in a cave, is Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movie and the Mob, written by Pat about me and my life. And I, we're proud to say it's still on Amazon. We have over 4,500 five-star ratings
1: or reviews, and we're still selling books. Uh, and I And I can attest to that by my latest royalty check. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's unbelievable.
0: So let's get into the show. How we're do- why we're doing the show is I'm sure everybody out there knows that after 52 years, Sirhan Sirhan is up for parole, and they're recommending it. And two of Robert F. Kennedy's sons sent letters in supporting him getting parole, which this well, is fine interesting you
1: know, you know we, we also have to qualify that because the rest of the family is against it yeah the rest of the Kennedys just just those two uh they said well he did 53 years he's okay now I mean look if somebody killed my father and I couldn't get at him Hello. I would they want him to finish his days in prison
0: of course and I don't see him getting out how he's going to contribute anything to society and as we get into the facts of this as we know it the guy didn't even know what he was doing he was
1: hypnotized well that's he came up with a lot of excuses over the years the uh the the hypnosis thing didn't come in until about 20 years later he also said he was drunk which is not an excuse but anyway when we start to get into his his history fascinating guy oh yeah no i'm I'm so happy
0: that you know we, we got the chance to do this, and uh, so let's get right into it. I mean, I know you've done a lot of research. I did so. Let's start talking about that day. What was it? Uh, June 4th, I think. In, yeah, when was it? June 4th, 1965.
1: 68. Uh, 68, yeah. Which, uh, uh, anyway, geez. let's let's just do. Uh, let me do a little background on this guy, so the people Please. who are aware. Uh, of who Sirhan Sirhan is he was a uh, a Palestinian militant but he was born and raised in the United States uh at one time he went back to, to uh Pakistan spent two and a half years there and he, he was still young he was still a child and 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 came back but his complaint against Robert Kennedy who at the time was about to run for president and keep in mind this was uh, five years after the assassination of his brother, John Kennedy, he was a shoe in for the democratic uh, nomination for president. And probably he would have handily won the, the, the presidency in the general election.
0: Well, you know, it's a, another bit of fact that I don't know if you have it there. I do. The day that he shot him, he was already approved in two, in two, uh, two states one being California, that he was definitely the Democratic nominee. He was
1: definitely going to be the Democratic nominee. I mean, he he had uh, some minor competition, but he was a Kennedy. And at the time, that was a big deal. Oh, my God, yeah. But uh, Sirhan Sirhan, uh, had a complaint against Kennedy because uh, Kennedy was very pro-Israel. Our country has been pro-Israel since there's been an Israel. We helped create the country. But Kennedy in particular promised 50 fighter jets to the Israeli armed forces. And that was the trigger in Sirhan Sirhan's mind, but he kept diaries for a couple of years prior to the assassination, where he detailed his thoughts and his plan to kill Robert Kennedy, his attorney, uh, in an appeal pleaded, uh, uh, that he was temporarily incapacitated psychologically, uh, and he didn't know what he was doing, but the diaries were produced as evidence indicating that this was a planned Kelly. Right. And he uh, managed to get into the Ambassador Hotel. Uh, lack of security. And that's something I don't understand either. I mean, his uh, you would think that I know security- who got him in.
0: China Rosella. Remember I told you this while we were writing your book and then we decided not to do it. I met Sirhan Sirhan at Hollywood Park. I said, "Johnny, who's this guy?" You, with? He said, you don't want to know, but I, I mean, he said, "It's Sirhan Sirhan. You'll, you'll, know, you'll know about him." And he already got him a job at the Ambassador Hotel. He was he was a busboy there, and the guy who was shaking the hand, the kid behind, uh, uh, what was his name, a Hispanic kid, which is his friend and roommate. They were both living together. That's why they had, I mean, they had everything set up for him. And what I know about it, just from hearsay, obviously, from Roselli and and, and Sam Giancana and the people, the powers that be that wanted this guy dead, especially Carlo Marcello's, because he deported him, which we'll get into. And that was one of his first acts of, of duty as attorney general. He had him deported back to Guatemala, which he falsified those papers, but that's where they shipped him. But with all that said, that's how Sirhan Sirhan had all, like you're saying, how did he get all access? He was working there.
1: Well, that never came up to be, to be a devil's advocate here. Security was so porous there. Uh, When he went through, uh, after he got through speaking to his crowd of supporters, for security purposes, he was led through the kitchen of the hotel. He was supposed to get into his limousine and take, off. Well, the kitchen, if you look at the videos and they're all over YouTube, was packed with people, supporters, right. celebrities, journalists. Uh, I, they call that security? I mean, yeah, I know. it's
0: well, the same
1: thing when the Lee Harvey Oswald was killed. Uh, I mean, it's just so many people. You would well, be you know,
0: interesting that you're bringing that out because the thing that what most people don't know, he got shot a little after midnight. That's how long this rally was going on, and as you said, he was ready to make an exit. And anybody that was anybody, they let him know the pattern that they were going. To, he, they were taking him out it He wasn't going out the front door. This well, this
1: was supposed to be the safest way. This is twelve fifteen a.m. on uh, June fifth, nineteen sixty-eight. Right, and. uh he uh uh Sirhan Sirhan so the story goes and they have evidence to back it up of course he was armed with a an Ivor Johnson this is like a Saturday night special these guns are garbage uh an Ivor Johnson 22 revolver which held eight shots he hits Kennedy three times once in the back of the head twice in the back and he lets the other five rounds go and what not many people know due to the crowd you know this is one of these you know you, you hear the old joke you can swing a dead cat and and hit somebody well you can fire anywhere in this particular kitchen and hit somebody and the five rounds hit five other people that nobody seems to care about well that because you brought it out they were so crowded yeah i mean he just kept on firing uh, you know kennedy went down and he hit these these five other people uh and he was tackled by Quite a few celebrities. He was uh, tackled by George Plimpton, who's a famous uh, famous writer, sports writer, and he wrote lots of novels. Uh, Jimmy Breslin, who was a, uh, a I columnist. I know
0: Jimmy,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I know Jimmy, too. He used to uh, uh, babysit for a friend of mine's kids. Uh, <laughs> but that's another story. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Breslin was there. P. Hamill, also a columnist who just passed away. And former professional football player Rosie Greer, who actually sat on him, uh to protect them well he, uh, he wasn't getting up <laughs> Rosie Greer laying on you <laughs> Rosie Greer weighed like 300 pounds uh but people were, were looking to tear Sirhan Sirhan apart I mean you know with everybody immediately of course flashes back to JFK and they said what another Kennedy is going to get you know I mean they just went crazy uh Rosie Greer held him for the police uh and the the other five people if anybody's interested uh, was a uh, un- uh, union official for the uh, United Automobile Workers, uh, an ABC uh, TV unit manager, a reporter with the Continental News Service, which is now defunct, uh, uh, Elizabeth Evans, who was a friend of P.S. Allinger, who by the way, uh, also passed away. And uh, one of Kennedy's campaign aides, a guy named Irwin Stroll, he was a teenage uh, Kennedy volunteer. Now a 22 people say if you're going to pick a gun to assassinate somebody with a 22 yeah you, you know it's a very uh people think it's it's a very ineffective round just the opposite and i'm sure as gianni can uh can attest to that's I, the i carried gun- them all the time I'm trying too long it's, it, it's the gun of choice for an assassin of course in a different configuration than a revolver right but 22s uh historically particularly back then they were all lead-headed bullets and when I entered a target they just fell apart they shattered they ricocheted and they got to they were very deadly and yeah, there was they, no they rip the up
0: inside. insides I mean if
1: you, they used to say
0: if you get shot right with a 22 you better get shot in the emergency room because you will not
1: survive <laughs> you know, it, the, the, the bullet shatter and these tiny little fragments of of, uh, of the round can go anywhere right but, uh uh you don't want to get shot with a 22 well you don't want to get shot with anything but particularly a 22 Particularly in the head, uh, I mean, with any round, but particularly with the 22. Uh, well, I hate purple- to bring it up to
0: our audience, but whoever didn't read the book, that's what I shot Lorenzo Morales when in my club. Not could everybody read the book, <laughs> I'm not yet. Yeah. Well, the, for, the, for the four people that didn't, that's the same, <laughs> the same gun <laughs> I
1: used in, in 1958. The purple, the purple Gang out of Detroit, uh, 22 high standard semi-automatics with their gun of choice to kill people uh, particularly for the uh, devastation of the round but it, it had little recoil not to get too much into ballistics but you can put a second round on target without having to come back from a recoil right which a hand can move yep. you put a nice group into somebody's head and walk away but so that's the round he used and when people say why did he use such an ineffective round well we know that's not true
0: yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, I was told about that long ago. The only thing I never never understood why they were using automatics and not revolvers, I used a twenty twenty-two automatic one time,
1: and it stovepiped on the third shot. There be- you go. That, that's why people use revolvers if they want. You know, uh, semi-automatics have, have come a long way, even since you uh, shot that guy in, in your club. Uh, ammunition has come a long way. You know, g- guns like uh, like Glocks and six hours they didn't have back then. Yeah, but I I I had a Walter's PPK and it st- it's it's pipe. You can't it's get a better Walters.
0: gun than that.
1: Well, yeah, you could really. I think Walters that were made in this country. The Walters made in Germany were excellent guns, but a- around the lower the the uh, the early eighties. Wasn't they- the Walters made in England or Germany? Well, Germany. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it was a German gun. But they sold out, and the guns were then made in the United States, down south somewhere, and they oh. got to be reliable, which is one of the reasons you probably had a stovepipe. Yeah. But people don't know what a stovepipe is, that's when a round is being ejected, uh, the shell casing is being ejected from the semi-automatic pistol after it's fired, and it doesn't fully eject. It stands up, and it looks like a, a stovepipe. Chimney, like a chimney. Yep, that's where they got the name from. It's called a stovepipe. And the if last, that round the last
0: eject- thing you eject- want to see when you're shooting a your gun and and, oh, you, yeah. and your gun yeah. is
1: jammed and there's a stovepipe. You, <laughs> yeah, and if that round can't eject, the next round can't be loaded into the chamber. That's why, you know, hitmen normally will use revolvers. Yeah. That can't jam. Ever. It's impossible. Uh, of course.
0: Just keeps rolling. Just I mean. keeps that's- rolling along.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, it, it, his his uh, uh his excuse was uh Sirhan Sirhan pleaded believe this on believe it or not he pleaded self defense uh, initially not too many people know this and you ask yourself well how can he possibly plead self defense he shot a guy three times in the back he said that because Kennedy was ordering these fifty fighter jets for Israel he was preventing Palestinians from getting killed thereby saving their lives ergo self-defense yeah well you know the funniest thing about that
0: is what the, the knowledge i got from firsthand while this was happening and that's why they look for this guy like uh, even um carlo marcellos did when he wanted lee javi oswald he used to listen to him; he was a fanatic on radio this kid somehow or another was brought in by Chicago and they convinced him if he becomes president, they're gonna annihilate Palestine. So you better just do what you gotta do. And basically they they had the basic speeches of, of Robert F. Kennedy, there was always these buzzwords that supposedly triggered the, the hypnosis and you
1: couldn't stop this kid. Well, after a while, this wasn't his original, that wasn't his original excuse 20 years later his second attorney decides to bring this hypnosis thing into play the, the, the judge just like rolled his eyes and threw it out you know in other words if he, they had some evidence as to him being hypnotized whether it were 20 years to right. it, say anything about it but you know you, you can't blame an attorney for doing that you know you no, try to get no. out he was originally sentenced to death and there was a uh a, a law that was passed in California in the 80s that outlawed the death penalty that was retroactive. So he got life with the possibility of parole, and here we are. Yeah, but you know what the thing is,
0: again, in the cases that you and I are familiar with, like Marilyn Monroe and all of that, the autopsy (laughs) was done by Noguchi again. Well, he was, the, he was the M.A. for L.A. LA County. I know, but he did Marlon Monroe screwed that up. He did this guy. What what happened to the second shooter? There was a okay. second shooter in the kitchen that shot that's him. A, that's
1: a theory that, you know, he was shot three times in the back with a gun that was, that Sir had in his hand. The only thing that I could figure, because all the ballistics, all the rather... Uh, history that uh, I've, I've researched on this in the last few days. Nobody talks about a ballistics test. And I think the reason that they didn't do it is because they couldn't get ballistics from the soft lead bullets that went into Kennedy's body. The point is three, he had, he had an eight shot revolver back then. All eight shots were accounted for. So where this second gun came from and the second shooter, everybody was scratching their heads. It's a theory. Well, no I mean, evidence. it was a theory that was written down in a police report. Well, because somebody said they saw a second shooter, so you write it down, you put it down. But there was no evidence to back that up. Is it is, could it have been a second shooter? Of course, but nobody saw one. Nobody uh, uh, tried to catch one. Nobody could pinpoint one. It's you know, it comes down to like with with uh, with JFK. It's hard to wrap your head around. The fact that when JFK got shot, that a lone nut, whether he was backed by the mob or not, can get access to the President of the United States, most powerful man in the world, and take him out.
0: Well, the so, problem, the difference there was that was outside. This is even, to me, after your brother being assassinated. Yeah, exactly. Why
1: wouldn't you have tighter security? There was no security. That was through, like, that's I what never, I'm saying. Anybody that that wants to go to YouTube and look, they they have the the video of the exact time he was shot. I oh, mean, I you know. see, him down, and there was a sea of people, hundreds of people, in that in that kitchen. Well, we um, all,
0: and, we also want to bring out. There was like six or seven news cameras rolling,
1: yeah, as calling him out. <laughs> yeah, That's and so, when Kennedy went down, he was talking to the press. He was right. talking to exactly. Him, he was conscious. And communicating uh he, he didn't die on the spot as is generally believed no he, he died, died in the hospital a day or later wasn't it 26 hours later yeah well wow. yeah he uh he 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 hung on which is a, another trait of a of a uh a, a 22 round you know it it might not kill you at the time but it'll get you in the end which is unfortunately what happened to him that's amazing to me we, we should
0: take a break, we'll come right back. Don't go anywhere, this story's gonna get even more interesting. We gotta make a few dollars. Okay, we're back. So, where are we going now? We, I, that, yeah, so let's get back to that second shooter. There was everybody there, how, they knew or was told, but I was told by jo, uh, Roselli Cause Roselli, you know, two or three years later, they were finally bringing him in for questioning. And uh, some some people in Chicago got rid of him, but he supplied the guns and they were all 22 guns. That's what they were using. Like you said, they were the guns of assassins at that time or like you well, said, the Persian gang. The that,
1: that yeah, Ivor Johnson was and still is a cheap piece of garbage gun. So it, it's a, it, what they call a Saturday night special. Yeah, if you're gonna kill somebody and and hope that that it's you're gonna do some damage you're gonna use a revolver you use something that with a longer barrel a whole bunch of other uh, options that you have but here's what here's what Sirhan Sirhan said uh, when asked about the shooting he's when asked if he shot Kennedy he said yes sir but he, get a load of this he did not bear Kennedy any ill will uh, I I hate to see. <laughs> he didn't like the guy but anyway he, he follows it up with that he killed kennedy and i'm quoting this with 20 years of malice aforethought. in other words he was planning it for 20 years right diaries backed it up well maybe that's
0: why the, the first lawyer just playing devil's advocate maybe that's why the first lawyer entered in the diaries to show yeah know, you know it was uh, uh, what do they call that other murder and there's another murder that you that your neighbors can put on you under pressure and being bullied and you can get away with it because they even do
1: you get away with premeditated murder if you say you've been thinking about doing it for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of a hard uh, hard defense he also was uh, interviewed uh, by david frost who was known for his hard to get interviews he, Interviewed President uh, Nixon after he resigned. But anyway, in uh, 1989 uh, Seher Sirhan Sirhan, uh, Referred to the time since the creation of Israel that was the 20 years there. That's where he got the 20 years from Uh Israel, A sworn enemy and he's been brooding about he didn't know Kennedy Kennedy wasn't even on the map 20 years before he was shot Think about it. Oh, no, definitely He Uh, he was on the map
0: after his brother became president
1: which was well, nobody ever, you know, know kid, was five kennedy, six years prior to that john f kennedy was a senator in the late 50s uh uh robert kennedy was in high school right I mean, he, so he wasn't thinking specifically about uh robert kennedy he just had this hatred of anybody who would support israel right now the the defense about the second shooter uh i'm trying to get to the point i made a whole load of notes there was a an an, an older man, he was in his 80s. At the time He was 81 years old, uh, who said he absolutely positively saw a second shooter. This one guy. And I'm trying to uh, trying to find his name, but it really doesn't make a difference. I'm paraphrasing what he said but he was
0: right behind him the report well he was
1: he he, he was in pro- proximity enough where he could have seen a second shooter and he he swore that he saw a second shooter they oh, didn't the, even oh the older they, man you mean yeah but, he, but I, he, yeah he, 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 he <laughs> a guy and whose uh name uh, escapes me and I wrote it down and of course i write like a doctor so uh i can't read my own writing it's here somewhere with <laughs>
0: Well, the other, the other,
1: the other busboy. I don't
0: know if he, this name came up in your research, Juan Romero. He was shaking Ken, Kennedy's hand when he got shot. He got on
1: his hand, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He said he saw the second shooter behind him. Well, I'm still thinking that my nose. Because my Sirhan, Sirhan was on his right, and this kid was shaking his hand. As Sirhan Sirhan shot him, so I mean it. It makes sense that there was another shooter, but how are we going to find that out now?
1: We didn't know that, and you know, if there's any evidence whatsoever, anything besides that I saw, you know, as as being law enforcement for most of my life, the worst kind of evidence is eyewitness testimony. Definitely, you can ask. Confused. They get a gunshot; they forget their name, forget about it. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Or you can ask five people who witness the same crime to give you their version, but they give you five different versions. I've had people literally describe criminals as men, women, short, tall, fat, skinny, all, all you know, all for all, all the same shooter, all the same criminal. It, you know, it's, it's it's called a fog of war. You know, your heart is pumping; you hear these shots. He could have seen this; he could not have seen it. Without anything to back that up, they weren't even going to pay attention to it.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. True. I don't know. No. But so wh- wh- where do you oh, think gosh. this is going now? And, and, and you pointed out earlier, why are these
1: two two sons saying, yeah, let him out? I, th- I, I think we should examine the prosecution, the, the district attorney's office's uh, support uh, well, not support they're maintaining that their, their, their mom about this this is the prosecutor's office who always goes to parole hearings and in a case like this a historic case like this and and explains why a person like this killing who he did should stay in prison for the rest of his life the DA's office hasn't said a word not to support not to uh not to uh uh defend uh, uh, their uh, idea that should stay in jail, nothing. And why is this? And the only thing that I can figure is, there has been a movement in this country for the last year and a half, particularly in New York State, I can't speak for California, to release really terrible criminals on parole that have killed numerous people. And the only ones that, that 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 come to mind are the Black Liberation Army in its heyday in the 70s were assassinating uh, New York City police officers and other police officers throughout the country in in horrendous ways. I mean, killing somebody in an ambush is bad enough, but they were shooting their generals off, their genitals off, shooting their eyes out. I mean, very terrible stuff. They're all out now. Within the last year, they released three of them. And and like you pointed out, why? (laughs) What's that about? Well, also uh, liberal bail laws, And we all know what what happened in uh, New York State with that. They're releasing everybody. No one, except if it's the most heinous, violent crime, gets bail. Even people with gun charges, concealed gun charges, are getting released. One guy they focused on two weeks ago, I was reading the Post. Guy's been locked up in the last six months three times for concealed weapons. And they keep on letting him go. It seems to be the trend. Well, New York City, they
0: were talking about it today, is the fact that, you know, there, are all these repeat crimes because these guys know they can walk right out yeah. they're, they're getting, they're getting yeah. a bench warrant and then and a, a, a no bail at all and they get an appearance date but
1: the courts are not in in session right now not only that they're, they're over a bench warrant what a bench warrant means is you don't actively go out and look for the guy yeah if you should get if that person should get stopped in a car stop or arrested for another crime. Well, they enforce the warrant. Yeah. Cause they look up his name and they see there's a warrant available. Out,
0: out, yeah. Out. Well, this,
1: this, this trend seems to be spreading across the country. And that's the only thing I can figure is that the prosecutor's office just doesn't want to bother. And to now your question is a very valid question. Why are these two Kennedy sons, uh, their father was murdered in cold blood. They're advocating this guy's release.
0: And I'm I'm probably thinking that you know they must have been infants or young babies at the time.
1: You know, now, Robert Kennedy had Robert Kennedy had thirteen kids. Was it thirteen? Thirteen, yeah. Now, eleven of them are fighting to keep Sirhan Sirhan in prison. These two who are the most prominent. Uh, let me. They must down be young, that. right? Uh, well, no, they're they're all they're all the men now. Uh, oh they were, at the time yeah they were they were children uh supporters you, you you get the usual uh, uh, far left uh Bill ayers Bernadette Dawn uh communist sympathizers but okay Robert F. Kennedy Jr who everybody knows he's a prominent Kennedy right and uh Douglas Kennedy two of Robert F Kennedy's sons are supporting the parole so Robert F Kennedy Jr. Who is yeah, very, the, very political? That's the first one. Yeah. Wow. And the decision, uh, subject to a 90-day review, by uh, Gavin uh, uh, Newsom, who was going to be governor of California probably for the next hour and a half. I know. I mean, that's what I, I was just going to say. That I like, Yeah, <laughs> he, he's on a recall vote, and I don't think he wants to get involved in any of this. So I think he's going to walk away from this himself. He's not going to. He's not going to uh, uh, respond. Elaborate? He's just going to let it go. And I mean, everybody is under the impression that this is a done deal. Sirhan's going to walk. Now, he's got to be... Uh, he's got to have a job. He's got to have a place to live. So it says here, Sirhan plans to live with somebody named Gianni Russo in New York. <laughs> I'd let him come just for the publicity. Well, Perhaps that's a misprint. Let,
0: let, let's put the invitation out <laughs>
1: Oh no! He's living with his only—he's uh, going to live with his only surviving brother in Los Angeles. Okay. He's got to have a job too.
0: Well, I know a lot of friends that are in halfway houses trying to get jobs because now, to get a job when you're coming out on parole, it's not like it used to be with no shows and that. Now you have monitoring on you. They know your vicinity like like LoJack, like. i I, I have an idea
1: i have an idea you do i mean the book is the our book is doing very well and all these signs you go to it must be a real pain like to open up the cover hold with one hand write with the other hand you can have this guy be a book cover opener there you go then you sign the books there you go all right you could be doing you could be doing a public service
0: well i think this is going to be interesting to find out
1: where he goes
0: and if if it's if we get enough response from our audiences that are listening right now, and they'd like us to try to go and interview him wherever he settles down, that that's a goal for you and I to go do that. I like to talk this to guy, this guy. This
1: guy, <laughs> this guy will talk to anybody. You stick a microphone in front of his face. And how far down the road do you think a mammoth book deal isn't going to oh, be offered?
0: Forget about it.
1: I mean, it's probably been offered already. I have, I've had a hard time getting a hold of our agent. I figure he's out in California. He's with probably a con- there holding
0: his hand. Yeah, no, waiting for no one.
1: Frank, where are you? I mean, I'm not trying to call this guy.
0: Anyway. Well, I think we really did a good job on the Scotto family, Sirhan, Sirhan, and these assassinations that are all interwined because of starting with JFK, unfortunately. And yeah. it's ironic. I did the math. It was four and a half years later that he was assassinated, from his brother's time in November.
1: You know, people don't understand. that were not around that time. The turmoil in the late '80s. I mean, Robert Kennedy. Uh, a little while after that, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, George Wallace. They try to whack him. He was paralyzed for life. I mean, uh, 1968, 1969 was a unique
0: time in American history. Well, we're going to take a fast break. We'll be right back we have some mail bags we're missing megan and she'll be back shortly and don't go nowhere we want you to listen to our mail that's coming in and hopefully you'll be sending some stuff in too yes be back in a minute today's show is being sponsored by cordially owned fine italian food products this sponsor really means a lot to me quarterly owned fine italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar, from Modena, Italy. Genco extra virgin olive oil, from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces. marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com. That's Corleone by an Italian.com. Okay, we're back with the
1: mailbag. And it's, okay. it's not going to be a sweet, beautiful voice. It's going to be a raspy voice. That. Oh, actually, you know, I could do a great Megan impression, but I'll save that for some other time. All right. All right. I got one question from Hugo, who said, uh, uh, Pat and Gianni, I, I know them. Pat Gianni, do you have any weird celebrity encounter stories for me (laughs) how many how many hours do you have yeah i mean jesus us i'll i'll start off with one that's that's very fast uh i mean i i don't know that many celebrities except for, for for gianni and a few other people but anyway i wrote a story a short story called the prince of Arthur avenue and it was made into a movie uh it's on amazon by the way if anybody's interested it's a short story 14 pages you're kidding uh, they, no, they yeah. published things like that yeah sure anyway well i did i i, I put it up there Oh, okay also uh, you want to see it the the, the cachet that the the thing with this story is no one was ever able to figure out the ending before reading it they never guessed it and anyway this producer calls me let's do a movie i get a call from ernest Borgnine. are you kidding me i oh, love that I Borgnine. uh the, the the producer gave my number and he calls me he wanted to play the main character in his 20-minute movie uh who was a uh an aging gangster all right so he calls me what a fun guy laughing everything i he love said, him I says, how, how do you maintain your vitality he said i masturbate twice a day
0: he, that, that's a lie that's
1: what he said i, I know his God wife God. <laughs> so i said remind me never to shake your hand hey <laughs> <laughs> you got a big you got a big laugh out of that what a nice guy anyway uh he, he didn't get it somebody but he, he got sick and he passed away shortly thereafter right. but that's a weird uh celebrity story how about you
0: well i got too many really i mean and I, I, I really being in that business i really can't talk about it because that would be the end of me getting anybody on the show we're there talking you about okay. uh, weird stories you know.
1: all right uh from john i'm catching up on all the episodes uh, you did one on chinese gangs i've been to new york's chinatown recently and i don't see any of these gangsters you described where'd they go okay uh the gangs uh fell victim to rico in the in the late 90s and uh unlike uh, the american mafia these chinese gangs had one boss That's with right. no bosses and when they went the gangs fell apart. However, that doesn't mean they're not, not there anymore. What they did was they wised up and uh, these these Chinese uh, gangsters all looked alike. They were, all wore black suits, spiked hair. Uh, uh, they, they carried around uh, these expensive cell phones. You can spot them a mile away. They're still around, but now they blend in. And they also no longer shake down Chinese businesses. They're into bigger and better things. So the neighborhood isn't complaining but they're there they're stronger than ever they just don't go by gang names anymore and they don't look like gangsters they look like ordinary tourists or people that reside in the neighborhood wow okay okay next uh for the three of you you know megan's on vacation uh what do you think of uh our debacle couldn't make out the word in afghanistan at the present time Oh, okay, let's not get into that jesus
0: it's all going to be over by the time this show's on <laughs> there's Actually, nothing to I be just, said
1: <laughs> i was just looking at the news it's over now okay you know there's there's a great way to end the war you you, you declare you're a winner and you take off and that's exactly that. it's over they, are, they already said we're gone but it's over the airlift is over everything is over.
0: But the thing is that, you know, the amount of equipment that went, went listed this weekend that we left and they brought up where Germany blew up everything before they got out, we left them everything.
1: You know, leaving a war, I have a little experience here. You're gonna exfiltrate an area. There's a couple of things you do. One, you don't stop a war during peak fighting season, which is the summer in Afghanistan. That's number one. <laughs> you, you plan ahead, As hard as that is to envision You first get rid of civilian personnel. You you send them to safety. When they're gone, you start to dismantle your apparatus. You don't go to Bagram Air Force Base and shut the power down and walk away and leave literally $80 billion worth of armament fighting helicopters and planes. They were flying them today. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. I I, I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted. They, they did everything backwards. Well, look who's running the show. <laughs> they didn't learn from Vietnam, What they, well, they did the exact same thing. Uh, okay, that's about it. I mean, right. I, I have one more question that would require two hours to answer. Uh, well, let's do you... just say goodnight. I think it was a
0: great show. Yeah, okay. And that's thank it. you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Send your cards and letters in and, and and your reviews. It's very yeah, important. All right. Good night, Pat. No, good, good night, night everyone. Good God good bless God. you. Wear a mask. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. I'll be wrong.
0: Give me a call.